Merry Christmas. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Titus 2. Paul indicates that there is there's an ethical component to Christmas. There's an ethical component to God becoming one with us. You see, it appears that the Lord God Almighty thinks sometimes more highly of our human flesh than we do. So much so that he would become one of us and take it on for himself. He thinks so highly of it that it's what he wants to save. He wants to make sure that, well, that as many, as many of us carbon-based living organisms on two legs make it into heaven with him forever, make it. He has a passion for that. And Christmas has a trajectory towards the resurrection of the body. Connecting the dots, the Lord God Almighty made human beings and then became one of them so that human beings could forever with him. Without becoming one with us, without becoming a babe in the manger, without taking on human flesh, we would not have the hope of the resurrection of the body that we do. Certainly, that culminates in Easter, but it begins here. It begins with this occasion. It begins with this night. God thinks so highly of human flesh that he embodies it. He takes it on for himself. And he calls his redeemed people to live in the anticipation of the holiness of that flesh, in the anticipation of what is going to be. Because of the promise of what was, and because of the gifts that are, he asks us to keep our eyes on the anticipated resurrection bodies that we will one day have, and to live in a way that seeks to glorify that promise, to embody it as best we can. Because God's grace has appeared because he has sanctified his people, because he has called out and forgiven sins, and he has reconciled people to himself through this son, Jesus Christ. You are holy. You are holy, sanctified and blessed in that way, saved, bringing salvation for all people. These promises actually have an effect then. Paul claims. 
because God has recreated in anticipation of the resurrection our relationship with him, he also affirms that this flesh, this body, this life is good. It is good. Now, it's not the very good that it will be in the resurrection, but it is good. And it is called to bear witness in the world to what holiness looks like. And this, of course, is our attention, because while we have the life of Christ living in us because of our baptisms, we still have the old Adam with us as well. And the old Adam, even, even now, has always been a very, very good swimmer when it comes to baptismal water tries to keep bobbing up to the surface every time. But Paul focuses on the positive here. He focuses on what the mystery of the incarnation means. Incarnation, right? Like chili con carne, chili with meat. <laughs> right? Flesh and bones. A meaty God. A meaty, fleshy God who comes to be with us and to sanctify that flesh. Because of the incarnation, because of the coming of our Lord into this world in this way, he is beckoning us to gain some distance from ungodliness, from worldly passions, and to embrace a life of self-control, a life, a life that is godly, even now in this present age. Now, I certainly look forward to the, the, to the day of the resurrection when all of the hindrances to that will fall away. By God's trumpeting blast of call, finally all things are right, and his justice is complete. But until that day, we live in the in-between time. And it's challenging. It's challenging to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. There are all of the challenges of our biology, the, all the challenges of our psychology, all the challenges of the, the things that we're going along and, well, thoughts just jump right in there. Un unwanted, unhoped for billboards that we had no idea were going to be prompting us to think all kinds of thoughts that we would lo love to be far away from. It's not as though we can sit there with a Bible in front of our base 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but it certainly is an opportunity that the life in the world gives us for demonstrating what it is that God has provided in Jesus. And so we, we do various things. We, we put the word of the Lord in our minds and hearts through memorization, or we sing songs that are easy to come by in the shower or in the car as Christmas carols come through. Some of the ones we've sung tonight, like the Herald Angels Sings, or America um, Away in the Manger come to mind. Even they kind of sometimes even find themselves on the playlists at Walmart or in public forums and public places. But those words, those words are so, so telling. Veiled in flesh, 
the Godhead see. Hail, incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, with us to dwell. Jesus, our man. God has not looked at our sin and written us off. God has not determined that we should go in the way that we have chosen for ourselves. He has seen fit to call us back in the most wooing way possible, courting us, calling us to be enticed by his very love, his very passion for us, showing us beyond all doubt that he is willing to go into every human circumstance, leaving nothing behind, nothing apart from his own experience as a human being, born as a into poverty, soon to be a refugee with soldiers going after him to kill him, even to the point of dying as a common criminal, so that there would be no doubt and no opportunity for anyone, anyone ever born into the world to say that their lot was somehow more despicable, somehow more miserable, somehow so far removed from God that there was no hope for them. See what this means. God, by taking on his flesh the way he did, taking on the form of a servant the way he did, has formed the, the ground floor beyond which none of us can ever reach a further bottom. Every humiliation, every sacrifice, every horror that can befall a human being, Christ knows intimately. He has shared in it in a way that redeems it so that all of human life and experience is sanctified by the balm of Jesus' own experience. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead seen. The Lord wanted to make sure that none of us, any of us, any human being was without the grace of knowing that he was there in Manuel, that he was with them. He wanted to make sure that, that no one could ever look to their own life history and, and, and count themselves apart, discounted by God. No, instead, he wanted each person to be able to see themselves in the face of God. So that lifting up that mirror, they could see not just the law that condemns, but also the grace that forgives. So that every single morning, I can, I can read this text from Titus, and I can begin again anew. Regardless of what has happened in the past, God and his grace have appeared. Nothing can change that. 
Every dawning new day is a day of promise that the grace of God can carry this day through and that salvation has come for all people. So what shall I do? Shall I despise that grace? Shall I despise that salvation? No. As imperfectly and as brokenly as I am and as I do, I will renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And I will live a self-controlled, upright, godly life in this present age as often as possible, as the Spirit guides and as the Spirit wills. And intentionally, to do so as a Christian icon of Christ, so that the world can see a different way of being. Now, I know that for 53 years, I have failed miserably to do that. But you know what happens again tomorrow? The sun rises again. And I can read this text one more time. And know its grace, its forgiveness, its new start. And I can recognize that God again has called me to righteousness. He gave himself up to redeem me and to purify me for his own possession. To purify you as his own people. So that we would be zealous for good works. The glory of God the Father would be shown to all people. For 53 years, I've had some good days and I've had some bad days. Probably more bad days than good, if I'm honest with my own self. And certainly, even those good days, sin is always right there alongside with me. But this spiritual warfare and this, this affirmation of God's creation, of these bonds in which we are given to live and to move and to have our being and to do all that the Lord God has called us to do. Jesus himself affirms that very flesh when he becomes a babe in the manger. We cannot do any less. In Jesus' name, amen.